0: last week on the sonic truth dynasty podcast as well as some older stuff that obliterated nate or was a little bit naughty devante green dachshund oh god are you doing this again his name is
1: a bustler because the likelihood he busts is high i don't like hakeem butler i don't like devante green dachshund and he wasn't dominant enough and he wasn't dominant enough at an early age to be thrust into the top five conversation in this class. That's the show. Can this just be over? There's only so many times I can say Dick Whalen.
0: Man. Oh, he blocked me. Oh, that's what you get, you bag of shit.
1: He 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 blocked me. Ah! (laughs) He thinks that's going to solve it. (laughs)
2: <laughs> it's actually
0: probably worse that you found that out.
1: <laughs> oh, no, Nick, I'm blocked now. Oh, that'll take care of it. And can you wear ripped jeans on a horse? I guess so. You don't see it very often. The cowboys usually have unripped jeans, but I suppose it's possible. And if you're in the cowboy culture, you know a regular cowboy from a hipster cowboy. I just wouldn't know them because I'm not educated in the finer points of the cowboy aesthetic and these country songs they do a good job of storytelling and sentimentality but i know five country songs ever what i remember of it is not the words it's not the rhythm it's the sentiments that i was almost i was crying i was like oh dad teach me how to fix a car oh no right and oh have a take liss have a take liss and if you did any prep whatsoever, looked at the rankings once, checked the show sheet once, listened to the clip of Marshawn Lynch talking to John Wertheim once, you would know all these things!
0: What? Me? Anne? Yeah, the Nick Whalen thing was murder. Absolute murder, dude. No idea who he is, but happy to drag him. Anne. Uh, Bezos. Ah, that's all right. He'll fix her up. What's wrong with you? Anne? But the problem is it's always getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm like, God, when it's just this monster and Todd Haley and his wife don't believe in wearing clothes
1: at all. And
0: that was a mansion fart. The first part could be faked. It was that second little extra that you just can't fake. The sweatpants were key. It would have been muffled with jeans. And was I relating that to something sexual? It's the best way to go out on a sweatpant boner. Is this the time when you think people start
1: masturbating to the show?
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sonic Truth Dynasty podcast. I'm your host, Nate Liss. You can find me on Twitter at an outraged Jew, And with me, as always, is Mr. Matt Kelly. You can find him on Twitter at fantasy underscore mansion. How's it going, Matt? I'm conflicted. Uh-oh. Because I love great radio, and I love
1: straight talk. And my worry is we will be delivering none of that today because the listeners want us to interview... NFL athletes, NFL draft prospects. They want to hear from Nikhil Harry. They want to hear from Kelvin Harmon. They want to hear from Josh Jacobs. They want to hear from Kyler Murray and TJ Hawkinson. I don't know why so many in our audience worship these athletes so much, but they do. And so this show is for them. This show is for the athlete worshipers. Today we'll be talking to Kelvin Harmon and We will see if we can somehow extract any interesting information out of a soon-to-be professional athlete. I've yet to be able to do it. Two years ago, we interviewed Jeremy McNichols. I famously asked him why he runs straight into defensive backs in the second level and has the worst vision in the class. (laughs) And he didn't have a good answer. And my problem today is, I'm sure Kelvin Harmon has already heard the criticism of his athleticism. I mean, Kelvin Harmon was at the combine. He saw others run faster. He saw others jump higher. He saw others demonstrate better lateral quickness. It does us no good to ask Kelvin Harmon why he's not faster and to bring this up again. Kelvin Harmon's athleticism will likely cost him millions of dollars. So why would I bring it up? There's no reason to bring it up. I just want to talk football with Kelvin Harmon and hope to God that he is open to and gregarious with us, but the other podcasters that have interviewed professional athletes have been able to extract precious little interesting information from them, so I don't like our chances. We're going to try. We're going to see what happens. I'm just warning the audience right now. We are going to be talking to someone who is disincentivized to be honest with us and share any vulnerabilities with us. If I were Kelvin Harmon's agent, I would say don't talk to anyone until... An NFL team calls you and tells you you've just been drafted. And yet somehow, some way, you convinced him to talk to our show. (laughs) I told him you were a stand-up guy. I am a stand-up guy. I know. And he's going to listen to the opening of the show, hearing us talk about sweatpan boners. (sighs) Damn it. And masturbation. Damn it. And wonder what the fuck he got himself into. Yeah, he's going to shut the DM forever. The real hero today is not Kelvin Harmon, although I do very much appreciate him taking the time to talk to us because it is not in his best interest to do that. That needs to be very clear. He has no business talking to a couple nobodies with a podcast, so I'm grateful. I am very grateful to Kelvin Harmon for taking the time. However, it's not smart because we are useless. Not one person in player personnel in the NFL listens to this show, so it does him no good. Yet. But I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And you're the hero of this show because you convinced a Tier 1 prospect, right? Now, he's not a Tier 1 receiver in our rookie rankings because we only have two, Nikhil Harry and A.J. Brown. But most view Kelvin Harmon as a Tier 1 prospect in the NFL draft. He is a threat to be drafted in the second and third round.
0: It's going to take a lot to bring on somebody bigger than kelvin Harmon at the rate this show is going
1: everyone has kelvin Harmon in their top 10 wide receivers everyone including us we have him exactly 10 but he's in everyone's top 10 so he's not going to get better than this so i'm looking forward to it i just can't promise the audience that it's going to be good i'm skeptical
0: am i allowed to be skeptical is that fair yeah absolutely i mean there's got to be some he's not a professional talker he's a professional athlete it's true You never know. He might blow your mind. He might be so articulate and responsive and have great phone quality. We
1: will be talking to Kelvin Harmon on his cell phone on his way through security at the airport. Do I think it will be good audio quality? No. (laughs) Low likelihood. That's fine. My expectations are as low as they could possibly go. So inevitably, Kelvin Harmon will be a pleasant surprise. I'm just a realist about athlete interviews unlike most people that just want to hear their voice and the sentiments that they share are secondary to to hear their voice. Oh, he's on the phone. Kelvin Harmon's on the phone. This is a big deal. And I'm going to kiss his ass. You know I'm going to kiss his ass. I'm not going to say a negative word about him. I'm going to compare him to DeAndre
0: Hopkins. We're going to mock Hakeem Butler to his face. It's going to be great.
2: Am
1: Am I going to seem
0: like a homer if I tell him I want him to play in Seattle with Russell Wilson?
1: Who doesn't want to play with Russell Wilson? Of course he wants to play with Russell Wilson.
0: I'm going to ask him, screw it. I would say, oh, we should ask him
1: which team he wants to play for, but he won't answer that. Everything that Dynasty Leaguers really want to know, he's not going to answer. So it's a paradoxical interview. We're just going to have to ask him football questions and hope we can stimulate him with some football-y questions and just get under the hood of his game purely from a football perspective. That's the best we can do. I can't undersell what the audience is about to hear enough. So, so
0: bad. That's a good lead-in. Yeah, no, it's hilarious. So, with that said, let's welcome Kelvin Harmon to the show. What's up, Kelvin? What's up? What's happening, man? This is Nate. You're on with uh, me and Matt Kelly. How's it
2: going? going well. How are you, guys?
0: Good, man. Hey, so we're going to start off with the hardball question right off the bat, man. A very important answer here. Do you or do you not watch Game of Thrones? I do not.
1: What? Yes! Yes, Never Thrones. That was the right answer, Kelvin. You don't have to watch it. You're not missing anything. The recent seasons have not been good anyway. The show hasn't been good since season five. So you're fine. You're actually fine with that. Have you ever heard of a football analyst named Nick Whalen?
2: No, I never heard of it.
1: Neither have
0: I. <laughs> okay. All right, man. This is this is probably the last of these type of questions, and we're really getting into it. All right, it's 2019, and I definitely would be tempted to, but have you ever searched your own name on Twitter?
2: Uh, yeah, I did before. And, and,
0: and wh- how did you feel after you did that? Was it a mistake? No, I think I just laughed a couple okay. times. Okay. Well, NC State fans, that's an underrated fan base.
1: Yeah, it is. I Googled your name, and I found out that you came here from Liberia when you were age four? Yeah. What do you remember from that journey? I don't remember a lot from age four, but that's about when I start remembering stuff. What do you remember from that?
2: Oh, uh, I just remember just, like, leaving because of the Civil War, like, going on, and my family trying to get away from that. And I just remember coming to the U.S., and everything was just totally different.
1: What was the first sport you started playing here? Because a lot of people, they don't start with football. They start with soccer or baseball or something else. Did you start with one sport and then eventually move to football, or have you been throwing a football, catching a football?
2: I started when I was 13.
1: What did you play before that? What sports?
2: No, football was my first.
1: So you've been passionate about football right along. Yeah. So you're coming out early this year. Why did you decide to come out early? What goes into that decision?
2: I feel like it was just a lot of and preparation with my family. And then we just, like, weighed out our options, you know, just where I could potentially get drafted at, just compared to how young our team was going to be next year. that
1: was my best option. Oh, okay. So you thought you might have maximized the fun you had at the college level. Now it's time for the next challenge. Yeah. So wide receivers, generally speaking, are famously confident players. Right. Of all the skill position players, they're the most confident. They're always open. Do you feel like you're always open? How many times do you go back to the huddle and be like, I was open. I was open.
2: Nah, man. You can be asked, I never really called for the ball. I just, like, trust him and the system and knew, like, you know, if I get open, then I'm going to get the ball.
0: You know, and speaking of confidence, Kelvin, man, so you you know the clip, obviously. You remember the jugs machine clip with the trash can where you were catching balls forward, backwards, single-handedly. Where, where do you think your hands rank amongst this draft class? Oh,
2: I'll say number one. Number one.
0: He said number I would one. Say number, yeah. I'd say number one also. I, I think you've got the best hands in this class.
1: Yeah, for sure. Better than Hakeem Butler, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, What's your favorite route to run?
2: Um, I like running the fade in the red zone. Yes, yes,
1: yes, in the paint. He fades in the paint. I love it. So let's say you're on the 50-yard line. Where on the field do you want to be? Where do you feel most
2: comfortable?
1: Over the middle, along the sideline?
2: I mean, honestly, it doesn't really matter. I flagged in our offense. We did a lot. So, you know, I was going really boxed in. I didn't really play the slot, but as far as outside, I did everything.
1: You love playing outside. You want to play outside at the next level.
2: I play anywhere. Because I play in the slot, you know, it's a a lot of space to work. So that's not bad,
1: either. The NFL is starting to put a lot of players your size, 6'2", 215, in the slot. And because you can get that running start against the slot corner, Yeah. become a real weapon. Sure. When you run out of the slot, you also run a lot of option routes, too. Yeah, exactly. So when you're at the top of an option route, walk us through the process of getting open. What are you thinking about at the top of the route? Is it purely instinctual, or is there something that you're looking for specifically in the defender across from you?
2: I, mean, I think it's just because we're trying to, try to like see the leverage the DB is and depend on the top of the route. like Whether it's like a stick or an option, I can just look at the DB to see like what type of leverage I can gain on him. Like, whether I really want to shot him crazy and take him inside and go out, like, you know, like, that's, like, the harder way to do it. So I just try to, like, get to the outside shoulder so I can attack half a man and then give him a little slam, and just beat him. Just awful levels, honestly.
1: Now, you mentioned Ryan Finley. How important was that rapport with the quarterback, especially on the timing routes?
2: That I mean, was very important. It's something we really worked out. I mean, worked at a lot. We always worked at it. So just, like, the timing, just talking like about back shoulder throws and all that. I like thought over just like time and that we just worked out a lot of reps we yeah. had.
1: So were you one of those players that was constantly like, we're staying after practice that extra half hour? Yeah. Tell the equipment managers to keep the footballs out here?
2: Yeah, I think just our whole program, we're getting based on that. Just putting in extra work.
0: It was pretty obvious, Kelvin. I mean, when you look at the last two seasons specifically between you and Ryan Finley, man, you guys really clicked. But Is there any chance that you'd be up for a reunion with him in the NFL if you guys got on the same team? I mean,
2: yeah, for sure. What do you
0: think he's going to say to that, Nate, honestly? I'm asking
1: the questions, baby. I just want to see what – I want to hear the answer. Who knows? Of course he wants to play with his college quarterback. What's he going to say, Nate? What's he going to say to that? Sorry, Kelvin. Go ahead. Didn't mean to interrupt you.
2: Yeah, that's one – that's our – instant connection right there. So that will be cool. So this
1: past season – Eleven receptions, 247 yards, two touchdowns. You remember that game against Syracuse. You also put up over 100 yards against Syracuse in your freshman season. Do you just have the Orange men's number? Is that just how that works? Like when you see them across the field, you're like, okay, I'm going to go to work.
2: I mean, I think that everybody, whoever I line up against, I know I'm, it's going to be a long day for them.
1: You go way over 200 yards against Syracuse. You're in the zone. Any insights you can talk about? what it feels like to be in that zone as a receiver?
2: I mean, I think it's just like Just knowing, like, this guy really can't guard me. Like, just throw me the ball. It doesn't matter what route it is. I think I had a lot of underneath throws. I had a lot of deep throws. Like, it didn't really matter. Just throw me the ball. Like, you literally feel like you're open, and you are open. He was
1: always open, especially in that game. Always open. When you hear draft analysts talk about wide receiver traits, what's the most important trait that you think many analysts Fail to talk about because I feel like they talk about the same things. There's blind spots with a lot of analysis. Where do you see the biggest blind spot that you feel like is underrepresented in the analysis of you?
2: I think it's the same thing with me and just the general, like an analysis they do. I think it's about the player's game speed. I think they focus on more on uh, the guy's land and how that translates into the game, how effective the player is in the field.
1: Has there been any part of the process? during the pre-draft process that you've you felt uncomfortable like you felt like listen this isn't cool like for example some people talk about the pre-draft interview at the combine
2: no because I, I have a, a pretty clean background so i didn't get any like weird questions or anything like that you know it's just like mainly about football so everything was, it was a cool experience for me.
0: feel free to tell me no here but i'm gonna assume you've had some team visits throughout this process can we ask you with who and, and what it was like no, I'm just keep down in the carpet right now. Close to the vest. Close to the vest. Understandable. I just hope one of those teams was the Seahawks. I'm just gonna throw that out there. I hope.
2: Uh, why would you say that?
0: I would love to see you play in Seattle, man. As a fan of Seattle, he's a Seahawks fan. Also, Russell Wilson's really accurate. Super accurate, man. You and Russ, the way that you, the way that you can find ways to get open on broken plays and extend plays and find spots in zone, man, you and Russ would be an awesome combination. So I'm crossing my fingers for it. I know it rains a lot in Seattle. I don't know if you're a fan of that. Maybe you want to play in a dome. I don't know. But I would love to see you in Seattle, man. That's just me. Also a
1: great fan base. Yeah. I think that would be a great fit. When you think about it, they have Tyler Lockett on the outside stretching the field. They need someone that can dominate those intermediate routes. I love Kelvin Harmon in Seattle. We would hope you go there. That's And I'm not even a Seahawks fan. And I hope you go there.
2: Yeah, that would be
1: great, honestly. You talked about the Combine. So you're surrounded by the most athletic wide receiver class of all time. According to the numbers, this year's wide receiver class is the most athletic in the history of the NFL draft, just in terms of the measurables at the Combine. But you, as you mentioned, you win more with nuance, with the best hands in the class, technique. As much as athleticism, you're certainly athletic. So who did you see at the Combine where you were like, oh, shit? This guy has the it factor. The other guy at the combine where you were like, okay, this guy has it.
2: I mean, honestly, I was so locked in. Like, I wasn't really even. I'm not the type to, like, really, like, look at my competition like that. So I wasn't really, like, you know, really focusing on anybody else but myself at that time. I
1: heard him say A.J. Brown. Did you hear him say A.J. Brown? (laughs) I I swear he said A.J. Brown.
2: Nah, I didn't say that.
1: (laughs) So what about. Going to the next level, are you anxious about? Again, you're supremely confident, understood. Is there anything about going to the NFL that is at all causing any anxiety?
2: No, I think it's like, I'm just excited for that transition. I knew how it was like to, you know, go through the transitional phase from um, high school to college. And like, I think I really like got a chance to experience that also on the other hand, by like, you know, being a mentor to, towards a young guy coming in. So I'm excited to go through that phase again. I feel like I know a little little bit more. So it's going to be fun to see how I attack it.
1: The best players in the NFL love to practice. They just love it. Ray Lewis, I think, famously said, you pay me to practice, but you get Sundays for free. That's a great line. You can use that if you want. Well, it's not my line. It's Ray Lewis's line. Are you excited to practice? Is this one of those things you love practicing?
2: Yeah, I like practicing because I'm like the ultimate competitor. And I usually like set little goals. I write them down before every practice, is something I don't like to accomplish. So I just try to, you know, achieve something every day in practice. And I think that builds up towards the game day, so I don't have to turn the switch on and off.
1: Have you already started scouting cornerbacks in the NFL?
2: Oh, yeah, because I always watch a lot of – I got cut up about, like, all the top NFL receivers. So I'm always watching the DBs and I'm watching the receivers too. Like, like since my freshman year in college, I've been doing that. Like, just, like, watching my NFL plays and stuff.
1: So who do you emulate yourself after most in the NFL? I say DeAndre Hopkins, but feel free to say whoever you think you're the most comparable to.
2: i will probably say like I mean, Michael Thomas. like
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. You say Michael Thomas. I was going to say, you've got the hands like Michael Thomas. I mean, I think when you get to the NFL level, people are going to get to see that catch rate. I think it's just that high catch rate. You're just a guarantee, you know, throwing the ball your direction. So I'm looking forward to that. You with the hands, Nate. You and the hands. The guy's got hands, man. You've seen it.
1: Dude, you can't stop talking about this guy's hands. He's kind of annoying about talking about your hands enough
0: already.
2: <laughs>
0: okay. All right. That's all I got.
2: All right. Thank you. Thanks for having
0: me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Kelvin. Appreciate it, man. Thank you.
1: That's all I got. All right, thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming
1: on, Kelvin. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. I wonder if that was as painful for the audience as it was
0: for me. Whew, that was a grind. That was awful. He wasn't sitting down in a chair, unfortunately. To be honest with you, I actually thought he was engaged considering what he's probably doing right now.
1: Listen, it's a challenging interview to talk to someone who doesn't really want to be super forthcoming. Right. He has nothing to gain by talking to us. And it sounded like he was transmitting from a probe on the other side of Jupiter.
0: Okay, I wanna say this, I wanna say this. Did you get this vibe? Because I thought about it after. When I go, did you have any visits? He's like, nah, I mean, I forgot. I couldn't really tell what he said, but he basically said he couldn't say is what I was gathering from it. Think he was at the Eagles? I don't know, but then I go, he said, I'd love to see you in Seattle. He goes, well, why do you say that?
2: Oh, why would you say that? Why would you say that? Why would you
0: kind of perk up a little bit and go, why would you say that? Like I knew something, right? If I said the wrong team, he would have been like, oh, yeah, that'd be a cool team. But I said Seattle. Why would you say that?
1: Nate, there's things you can criticize about that interview. You can't criticize the audio quality. Crystal clear audio from Kelvin Harmon. I wonder if that was as painful for the audience as it was for me.
2: We were questioning anything like that. You know, it's just mainly about football. Everything was a cool experience. Cool, man.
0: Close to the vest. Understandable. I just hope one of those teams was the Seahawks. I'm just going to throw that out there. I hope. Oh,
2: wow. why would you say that? You're
1: certainly athletic. I'm a fraud. I'm the fraud father. Matt Kelly, fraud father.
2: I mean, honestly, I was so locked in, but I wasn't really even, you know, I'm not the type to like really like, look at my competition like that. So I wasn't really like, you know, really focusing on anybody else and myself at that time.
1: Oh, come on! I swear he said
0: A.J. Brown! Just a guarantee, you know, throwing the ball your direction, so I'm looking forward to that. So I'm looking forward to that. So I'm looking forward to that.
1: You are just an all-time kiss-ass, Nate.
0: <laughs> we got to laugh out of him! We got to laugh!
1: <laughs> <laughs> you need to give Eastern Time by default. You know how fucking biased that sounds? You can't give people Pacific Time. It's biased to the size of the population in the various time zones. Oh, uh, here we go. Half of the area of the country and 80% of the population are on the East Coast. Your whole population is in New York City. And Boston, and Philadelphia, and Washington, D.C., and Charlotte, and Atlanta, Tampa, Miami. It's because they're all old places.
0: They've been established longer. We're coming up.
1: Know your audience. He's also from North Carolina. I don't understand... Why you're giving him Pacific Time, it's the easiest thing to get confused. I always put both in there, by the way. Especially
0: if you're Pacific Time,
1: you should know.
0: Dude, he's a fucking sports player. Nobody knows time zones unless you watch sports. It said, dude, it said Pacific two or three different times. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not gonna carry the weight of this one on me. That's just, I don't. You need to give Eastern by default. It's just, somebody put a fucking poll up. I just disagree completely. (laughs) <laughs> I just, it's such a biased thing to say. I mean, if I were
1: in a time zone that was in the minority, I would know my audience and put Pacific time in parentheses with Eastern being the default. That's just how you do it. I I just don't know what to say to you. It
0: just, it's so simple, no matter how you do this.
1: Look at a television schedule. Anytime times are given, Eastern standard is what is given up front. And then Pacific is... The secondary time.
0: I spelled the whole word Pacific. I mean, it was not even an abbreviation. It was full on, all the letters. I didn't spare any expense. You never called, what the fuck? I don't know, you wanna just talk about how much of a hack Nick Whalen is and we can fart for a half hour? I think that he's somewhere in the Midwest. And I think that we actually have more time than we think. Because he says, I have headphones. Text
1: him right now that we are calling now.
0: Sure, you're not getting. We're not getting stood up. Hold on, he's messaging right now. Hold on. Oh, 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 oh. oh, Triple dots. Triple dots. Oh, He stopped. Dots went away. I Think he saw my dots. His dots went away. Yeah, we can now call. Perfect. Him. Jesus. We just saved ourselves from a one-hour Jake Anderson show. Well, anytime I have to rip people, I have to
1: sort of get mentally prepared, and I was not prepared to do that.
0: All right, man.
1: What airport are you at? Philadelphia. Okay, cool. Well, uh, have you had a good off-season?
2: Yeah, I think everything went pretty well. Cool, man. Cool.
1: Have you had a good off-season? Listen to me with the useless pleasantries.
0: Sorry about the time confusion. I, was, I, got, uh, I got ripped by my, uh, by my co-host here for uh, using Pacific time. I apologize, so at least we're all dialed in now.
1: Have you ever heard of a football analyst named Nick Whalen? No, I never heard of him. Neither have I. Of course he wants to play with his college quarterback. What's he going to say, Nate? What's he going to say to that? Sorry, Kelvin. Go ahead. Didn't mean to interrupt you. Ray Lewis, I think, famously said, you pay me to practice, but you get Sundays for free. That's a great line. You can use that if you want. Well, it's not my line. It's Ray Lewis's line. Better than Hakeem Butler, that's for sure.
2: I'll pay anyway.
1: You think he's eating Lay's potato chips there? I can't undersell this enough. Nate, am I allowed to be skeptical that he didn't play any sports from age 5 to 12? This show is for the athlete worshipers. Today, we will be talking to Ashton... No, I almost said Ashton Doolin. Today, we will be talking... You can tell where my preferences lie. Today, we'll be talking to Kelvin Harmon. Zoey! We really should listen to a Phil Collins song, because I was drowning throughout that entire interview. Sui.
0: I was like, hey, can we call you back and run it back, bro? Well, listen,
1: we made fun of Nick Whalen, we made fun of Hakeem Butler.
0: Some good questions in there, it was fun. Yeah, you got the, You got AJ Brown, I thought I heard him say AJ Brown.
1: Ask him about Liberia, his audio is so bad.
0: Zoey, That's the end of my friendship with him. You think? That's that's it, it's over. I'm catching a, a fucking block delete. Why? What happened? Zoey, Nothing, I'm just kidding. I, I'm not worried about it. I thought I was overly cordial. No, I thought it was great. I'm just fucking with you. I didn't. I don't think anything's wrong. I just thought that there was... Unfortunately, the end, you gave me the finger like you were looking something up. There was hella dead air for like five seconds. He doesn't know what's going on, and I'm like... Should I throw another thing out there? But I couldn't think of...
1: He wasn't exactly moving to fill a dead air void at any point. Right. So
0: You know, and actually, that's a good point. You mentioned the Eagles thing. He is in Philadelphia, so... Should we move him up in the rankings because of this? You know I have him ranked very low. Yeah.
1: We have him ranked at 12 behind Emmanuel Hall and Ashton Doolin.
0: He needs to go up.
1: I'm going to move him up to, to number 10. He's not ahead of Debo Samuel. I'm not doing it.
0: That's a tough one.
1: Debo's a tough one. The audience needs to know this. Who do you have higher, Doolin or Hall?
0: Uh, That's kind of a push for me, but I'd probably go Hall. I mean, Hall's a very good athlete. Played in a more premier conference. I'm fading Doolin. I get, I get the allure about Doolin. Alright, I'm gonna go ahead and put Duel in ahead of Hall. Then that's perfect. Just fucking why do you even ask? Just said to him, "Hey, man, really appreciate your time." Uh, sorry for it feeling so rushed. We knew you were busy.
1: Why would you say sorry? It went fine. Why do you do that?
0: Zoey, I, I haven't even done it yet. Hold on. I don't think that was great. Just be enthusiastic. Don't imply it was bad. Zoey, uh, you know what I'm gonna do? I said we should ask them. Hey, when's your birthday? Cause we wanna send you a clock that shows you all the time zones. All the time. You can look at Pacific, Central, East, take your pick. Fuck that. People are getting a Kelvin Harmon interview and that's it. Well, you dropped Nick Whalen in there, so that's a bonus. Listen, man. Last year
1: you came on like four times all year. We didn't used to do the show every week. No. We do the fucking show every week. We have songs, we have all this stuff. This is a special Kelvin Harmon interview show. And then next week, we're going to blowtorch Jake Anderson. We're going to talk about sleeper receivers and running backs. And we're going to talk about Dynasty League trading strategy. We're going to talk about the app. And we're going to break down songs. We're going to do the whole thing. I don't feel like it today.
0: That's fine, bro.
1: This is a special show. None of the trappings of the normal shows are happening tonight. Do our
0: lead in right now. Do our lead in. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sonic Truth Dynasty podcast. I think we can get a 35-minute show out of this. People are gonna like it, man. They're gonna be like, holy shit, they got Kelvin Harmon on there. Our first shows were 45 minutes long. Listen, it's like you said, if anybody's got anything to say, they can fuck off because you get big, fat, meaty shows all the time. You gotta get a little time off. This isn't time
1: off. I spent all day writing and rewriting these questions. And then I wrote a Game of Thrones question. Spoiler alert! I'll tell you right now, he doesn't watch Game of Thrones.
0: <laughs> Spoiler alert! He doesn't watch Game of Thrones, bro. He doesn't. No, I know. I just figured it was a culturally uh, topical topic, and I thought I'm just gonna shoot for the stars here, because maybe he'll be like, "Oh man, nah, all my everybody watches that, but I don't watch it. Give us a little more than nah." No,
1: he doesn't watch it. I, I, I'm telling you right now, he doesn't watch it. Damn, man! Hip to hop, hip it, hip it, hip dub it, don't stop. A Rapper's Delight? Is that what that is? How is that a question for former hip-hop mogul Nate
0: Liss? Isn't sure whether that was Rapper's Delight? Another one bites the dust?
1: Another one bites the dust? Go to Under Pressure and then go to Rapper's Delight. What song did Ice Ice Baby rip off?
0: It's uh, Under Pressure. That's what it is. Bam, 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 bam. That's it. It's under pressure. That's the Ice Ice Baby song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Ice Ice Baby. I don't know. I don't know when the, the Sugar Hill Gang one came out. Where's the parallel?
1: The bass line. It's the same baseline almost. Dun 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 I just think that if you're gonna give vanilla ice shit for ripping off Queen. Then you've got to give Queen a little bit of shit for ripping off the Sugar Hill Gang.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: What did uh, Vanilla Ice say? He said. Uh, he said his did is... it. Did it. He said he added a little symbol at the end. That was the difference, right?
0: Yeah. That's that's what
1: changed it up. Rappers delight came out three years prior. It has strikingly similar baseline. So you can't give Vanilla Ice so much shit. All right. The people don't deserve this because they got a Kelvin Harmon interview. But we'll go ahead and break down Queen. And vanilla ice Right now For the people I love Queen so much The way that this band Can activate a crowd Is one of a kind Best of all time The Goats Pretty good Greatest stadium rock band of all time Did you know that David Bowie has two different color eyes? I was just wondering when I saw that. Is it just camera angle there? No, he has one blue eye and one brown eye. Do you remember? What is that condition called? I don't know, but do you remember
0: David Bowie from the movie The Labyrinth?
1: He was so good in it.
0: Really good. Dance, magic, dance. All right. Terrifying. Terrifying. That's right. I saw that movie like ten times as a kid. Loved it. God, I got to watch that again. It's not going to hold up. I guarantee it. Best overjet in the history of celebrity, Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury rocking those tight pants, man. He looks great. Great voice. These are the days it never rains but it pass. Void the range, man. Only Paula Abdul has more range.
1: One of the best falsetto voices of all time. Again, so many boxes that Freddie Mercury checks. So many goat categories. And it's not just because I just saw Bohemian Rhapsody Which I did So there's a recency bias going on here I admit it Literally Look at how David Bowie holds the microphone It like it's so precious Yeah He holds it like if he squeezes it any harder He'll crush it Then you look at how Freddie Mercury holds a microphone He just squeezes it in his hand as hard as he can Crushing it. Other hands working the bottom. Like if Freddie Mercury squeezed that microphone any harder, it would pop. Quite a grip. And in that movie, Bohemian Rhapsody, I found out what the deal is with his microphone stand. Ever since I saw Queen live on the television for the first time, I was befuddled by the microphone stand he had. It was half the size of a normal microphone stand. I was like, what is that? Why does he have a random piece of metal half the length of a normal microphone stand? And then, watching Bohemian Rhapsody, I realized that it's actually a piano mic. That microphone rests on the piano, that's why it's half the length.
0: You know, at least when my kid watches videos from her childhood, they're gonna be in 4K.
1: The star of this song is the bassist, I mean, it's, it's one of the most iconic bass lines of all time, but the Queen's bassist is just wearing a cotton t-shirt that you would get on a family trip to Florida.
0: He did not look up once during that performance either. Got a bad neck.
1: Doesn't he know how to play the bass by now? You would think. It came out in 1982. They'd been a band for 15
0: years. No, maybe not. Maybe it's like A-E-C. A-E and he's just walking himself through it.
1: The story of this song getting made is my favorite story of singers, songwriters in the studio so they had the music for Under Pressure written. The bass line, the drum, the guitar. The musical notes were done. They were in the cane. They just needed words. They knew the song was catchy. I mean, you can't hear that bass line and not know it has all the makings of a hit, especially after the Sugar Hill Gang did it. And so they approached David Bowie and said, you want to collaborate? He hears the melody. There's the bridge. There's the hook. I'm in. So the plan was to record Bowie and Freddie Mercury simultaneously in the same studio in different sound booths. So Freddie Mercury goes off to his sound booth, David Bowie goes to his, improvising and riffing, improvising and riffing. And Freddie Mercury starts off on a roll. Watching some good friends screaming, Let me out! Right? And the engineers are like, Yeah, we got this. In the other sound booth, David Bowie's got nothing nothing and he knows he's got nothing he's like I I I I I'm, I'm experiencing a block what do I do so he's like take five and he's just collecting his thoughts sound guys look down and he keeps thinking what the hell is Freddie doing what is he doing if I just knew what Freddie was doing maybe I could work off of Freddie so he sneaks out of the sound booth creeps down the hall and puts his ear up to Freddie's sound booth and then he hears what Freddie's doing and he's like okay okay I see what he's doing okay okay, I can work with this. Oh, the people, people on the street. Yeah, da, 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 da. Bingo. And then later he admitted, I, Freddie, I have to admit you really kicked off the creativity there. I, I snuck out of my booth and drafted off of you. Pretty incredible. I love that story. Now the theme of our recent Beavis and Butthead music review segments has been artists that borrow from other artists. So if we're going to play Under Pressure by Queen and David Bowie, you know who's next.
0: The greatest white rapper who ever lived greater than Eminem.
1: It's blasphemy. Eminem is the best. I will not deny it.
0: Now, Freddie Mercury doesn't have anything on these dance moves, bro.
1: I can't believe that this was my favorite song for a significant period of my life.
0: I've, I've yet to decide to rotate out of that period of my life. I wish I could dance like this. There were times when I played this song 20 times in a row. Oh my gosh, his hair is amazing though. I'll tell you what, man. You show up to a wedding and you do these dance moves. You are the coolest guy at the wedding. That is a fact. I mean, look at his...
1: He is a legitimately good dancer. I mean, you can't move your feet and legs like that and not be good at dancing. He's objectively good at dancing. You can say a lot of things about Vanilla Ice, but in his prime, he was objectively good at dancing. And I don't want to hear another word about it. There's no room for argument here.
0: Why is it so dark? Was that a... the lights burn out or was this like a... I mean, this was
1: the coolest. Everything about this video, every aesthetic you see from the costumes, the style, the beat, everything was the coolest
0: nine leather necklace chains hanging down whatever they are
1: and little me, hearing this song for the first time, had no idea who Queen was, had no idea this was ripped off. Although, I will say, now having a full... Oh, wow, look at her eat that ice cream. Wow. That was... That was sexual.
0: Whoa, hey, hey, whoa, hey, oh, boy. Oh, boy.
1: Wearing less than bikinis. Now that I've exposed myself to a, a wide variety of different types of music over the years from different eras and genres, I can tell you that Vanilla Ice gets a bad rap. on the concrete real jumped in my car, slammed on the gas.
0: well done. Hey, can I point out the fact, he's wearing a Miami Hurricanes sweatshirt.
1: That's when Miami Hurricanes were winning national championships.
0: was a problem, yo,
1: Every aspect of this video is the coolest. But I will say, Queen took very little heat for borrowing that iconic bass line from the Sugar Hill Gang. Rapper's Delight came out in 1979. Under Pressure came out in 1982. Oh, boy. And yet, it's Vanilla Ice who's the ripoff artist. Okay, okay, sure.
0: The Miami U shirt made me think that at this point in time, Frank Gore already had 50,000 NFL carries. You can't come off of this music video and not want to Google Vanilla Ice net worth.
1: And he kicked off a whole movement where backup singers were whispering. Mm. I mean, Salt and Peppa built a brand on that. <sighs> push
0: it, push it. Vanilla Ice is on tour right now. No big deal. If you want to go to Vanilla Ice, it's only $30 plus fees, and that's right up against the stage. Wow.
1: You're talking about Robert Matthew Van Winkle What? You're talking about $30 to see Robert Matthew Van Winkle And I will not hear criticism of Vanilla Ice He was a massive superstar And he made it to the top of the mountain Very few hip-hop artists have ever made it to the top of that mountain It's one of the most competitive places in all of entertainment to reach And he did it And you have to give him credit for doing that You can't just dismiss him as a hack in his time, he was the best. <laughs> Praise be to thee, Robert Matthew Van Winkle.
0: I'd pay $60 to see Robert Matthew Van Winkle, 30 to see Vanilla Ice. He still
1: looks good, man. He had the Boz haircut with the lines shaved in to his eyebrows. With the beret. That classic early 90s leather beret. <laughs> and the puffy starter jacket. This guy was amazing! He doesn't even look bad. He looks good, he looks much better than Sugar Ray.
0: Oh boy. Oh, boy, oh, oh, hey, oh. Oh boy. Oh boy.